amidst all the conversation and even conflict, what's the best way to go about living our lives? I would say that the best way to do that is to stay focused on eternity, right? Our outlook is really determined by whether we have an uplook or not. Because as we look up, as we look to eternity, as we contemplate heaven, it's amazing how that changes our attitude as well as our perspective. And we know that our attitude is what determines our altitude in life. And right now, I know some people are, are scraping the ground. They're so low in the altitude, the attitude of their, of their lives. And we do struggle a little bit in these times, to say the least. And so why not have the best perspective Let's have a great uplook. And when it comes to eternity, I want you to know when Jesus is the leader of your life, you have an eternal insurance policy in him. That no matter what's going on in this world, no matter what's going on in our world, no matter what's going on inside of us, the truth that God loves us and he has a full and rich life for us to lead now, and that he wants us to spend eternity with him forever, that is a given. That is the, the, the terms of the policy, so to speak, that we have with Jesus. He points that out very well in our passage this morning. Jesus says, don't let your hearts, your souls, be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. God wants us to be with him. Jesus wants us to be with him. And yes, as we're slugging along in this world, we forget that. We forget that eternity is a lot longer than the 70, 80, 90, even 100 years that we will spend on this planet. They are a moment in comparison to eternity. And God is very clear about this. Jesus says, don't worry, I've got, I've got room for all of those that want to be a part of my family. If we need to do a, a, an additional project to make room for everybody, we'll do it. But there's plenty of room, and then I'm going to prepare a place for you, and then I will come back uh, and... Uh, uh, and I will bring you to myself so that you can always be where I am. Now, if you wonder, oh, if I die, am I going? I thought it says Jesus is going to come back and get me. That's another message, and I have preached it. So you can look that one up in the archives on a five-part series I did on heaven. 
Yes, we are on the way to New York. That's heaven. We stop in Chicago along the way. There is an intermediate heaven where we are. Our ticket says New York. That's where we're going. Don't worry about that. No matter the weather, etc. And yes, Jesus is coming back. And when he comes back, he will, he will reconcile the earth to himself. And oh, we'll have a place that's just right for us to spend eternity with God. Yes, when you look at the promises of, of eternity... One of the first promises God makes to us is that heaven is definitely a people place. It's the right place for people to be. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have not told you that? I am going to prepare a place for you, John 14, 2. Now 2 Corinthians uh, 5, 8. Yes, we are fully confident and we would rather be away from these earthly bodies, for then we will be at home with the Lord. Earthly bodies, heavenly existence. Jesus wants us to know that eternity is a place, it's a home. It's not just a house, it's a home. The difference between a a house and a home are the people that inhabit it and their relationship with one another. And eternity will be a great home for us because it's a place really created for us. Now, it makes sense. If we're going to go to eternity, we got to jettison these earthly bodies. Yes, let's jettison them anytime. I'd like to trade up I really want to trade up. What will our, our heavenly bodies be like? Oh, perhaps they'll be just like Jesus was after the resurrection. People recognized who he was. There was uh, a sense of, of uh, the physical with Jesus. In fact, he, he talked, he was recognized, he went down to the beach and had a little fish fry with the disciples, so he clearly ate. Yet, the, the disciples were behind the door, fearful in prayer, and Jesus walked right through the door. So, I'll take that, I'll take that kind of body, wouldn't you? Yeah, you can be here and there almost at the same time. You can enjoy the things that human beings enjoy, like food and, and work, pleasure. Yet you're not defined by the atoms that make up a door, the molecules that make up a door. You're able to, to move through that. It's definitely a people place. It only makes sense to me that heaven has to be down here on earth. We're going to go back to the Garden of Eden. Why do I think that? It makes sense. We're human beings. And the earth was created for human beings. Now, I'll, I'll take a perfect earth instead of the imperfect earth that I'm living on right now. 
And it makes sense that at the second coming of Jesus, those that have passed away will come down. Those that haven't passed away will come up and miraculously and instantaneously, the earth will be the Garden of Eden everywhere you go. And then everybody will inhabit down here and we'll have stuff to do. Guys, you don't have to worry. We are not going to sit on a cloud with wings and strum a lyre for all eternity. Right? Boring. No, it won't be boring. It'll be very purposeful. There'll be things for us to do that bring meaning and purpose to us as they do now, but they will be they will have an eternal perspective uh, when that occurs. I like to throw out to people, read all of the major pieces of literature about the major world religions and read them from the standpoint of what is it like to be in eternity or to the end result in that philosophy or that religion and I'll bet you'll choose the way the Bible describes eternity over all the other ones. I don't want to be one with the cosmos. Do you want to be one with the cosmos? No. I want to be what it truly means to be a human being. And we get on board with that when Jesus is our Lord and now we're, we're living a truly uh, focused spiritual life. And we're being transformed. We're, we're waiting to be glorified. Right? All, all my friends have it. They got it right. Glory, glory. That's right. You're going to be glorious. We're going to be glorified. We will be perfect. And we will be in a perfect place. And we will have the, the perfect agenda in our life. Moment to moment to moment to moment in the glory of God for all eternity. God promises us a place that's a people place. That people place comes to us through Jesus Christ. John 14, 2 says that Jesus is preparing a place for us. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And here it's not even the generic you out there, it's you. It's a, it's a personal pronoun. You all. All those that are children of God, all those that have asked Jesus to be the leader of their life. Now here's a, a great verse. 1 Corinthians 2, 9. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind can imagine what God has prepared for those who love him. Wow. Now think about the best surprise birthday party you've ever had. Or the, or the best su surprise event you got to be a part of. It's, it's at the top of your list because, it, well, it's a little more than you anticipated or imagined, isn't it? It was a little greater than, than you thought, uh, it, you know, that experience might be. And heaven is one of those places, it's beyond what we can imagine, what we can contemplate, what we can think, 
what we can write down, yet we can still know a little bit about it. When I did the series of messages several years back on immortality, I looked at near-death experiences. And what I have experienced in the near-death experiences of other people and being with people as they do move from this life to the next life, in those experiences, they have little glimpses of heaven. People talk about the glory and the light. The one that was really interesting to me was the person that said yes. And when I got there, and they did come back, uh, when, they, when I got there, there was music everywhere. And I wanted to ask them, so what kind of music? Like, was it organ music or was it a band? Country western? People see people that they've never met but are part of their, their, uh, their lineage, their extended family. People see angelic beings in the room. One man went to the other side. They, they pretty much thought he was gone. Uh, all of a sudden, he woke back up and he was really mad. He looked at his wife and he goes, what am I doing back down here? <laughs> she said, don't kill the messenger. I've just been sitting here. Well, I, I think you were dead and you went to heaven. He said, I did go to heaven and it's a beautiful place. I would rather be there than here. I want to know why I'm not up there. <laughs> why did you bring me back? Hey, I'm not in control. I'm not the one that brought you back. And there was a reason that he was brought back. Uh, and, and that played out uh, in, in about six days after that day. And on the seventh day, he died and went to heaven. See, we learn some things from people who are crossing over, as some would say. I would say transitioning from this material world uh, to this uh, uh, this world of being sanctified to the, to the experience of being glorified, and they all choose it. it, it uh, I will tell you, though, there are some people that have a near-death experience. They cross over, and it's not all glorious. It's a little hellish if you get my drift. Now, there aren't a lot of those because nobody likes to write those down and record them. Mostly people wanna, want to uh, inform everybody that, yeah, don't worry about your death. It'll all work out in the end. And it does for some people. It does for some people. And that's why what we share is of the most important news that you could hear and read and understand in a single day. That Christ is the one who prepares a place for us, but he is also the pathway by which we get from this world to the glorious world that we want to go to. Isn't that what Jesus says? 
John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And the way that's written in the original language, it's like there's a definite article in front of it. it it's not the way, it's the way, the truth, the life. Supreme, ultimate, no exceptions. And I know it's really hard. The exclusivity of Jesus Christ is one of the most difficult things for this world right now to get their arms around. In fact, they look at Christians and think we're absolutely crazy. Well, how can you say it's one side of the mountain? No, it's not. Read the top of the mountain. It's not one side of the mountain. This is either all true or it's all false. I say it's true because Jesus died a human death and he resurrected. He was seen by over 500 people. Virtually all the disciples gave their lives for that reality. Would you give your life for a lie? No, you wouldn't do it. No one comes to the Father except by me. Now, why is it this way? Because God gets to make the rules. We're created in his image. And don't think for a second that this whole universe and this world came into being all by itself. Man, nobody believes that anymore. You know why? It's too complex. It's too difficult. It's too exceptional. It couldn't have been an accident. And so many have moved over into at least intelligent design when it comes to the universe. And those that say, oh, well, just speak it to the universe. If the universe answers back, it has personality. And if you don't think it has personality, then why would you offer it up to the universe? I would rather offer it up to the maker of the universe. He's listening. He's my God. He's for me. He's not against me. He gave his life so that I could have life. And so I know it's very exclusive that Jesus would be the only way for people to get to heaven, but that's what Jesus says. And so far, I haven't seen anyone else resurrect in time and space after human death. He is the pathway, and he makes a personal invitation to all of us as he makes that, uh, that pathway. Oh, let me do a few more pathway passages before I go on. For there is one God and one mediator between God and humanity to bring us to God, and that's Jesus Christ. And then 1 Peter 3, 18. Christ suffered death for our sins once and for all, he died to bring us safely home to God. He's the pathway. And the great thing is, is that he invites each of us 
to be a part of that, a personal invitation. John eleven twenty five and 26, Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this? And that is the resounding question of the good news. The resounding question of the good news is, do you believe this? I know people believe in God, but they don't know the God they believe in. And Jesus invites us into a relationship with him. He wants wants us to know him and reap the benefits of being in relationship with him now. Right? John 10.10, I came to give you a full and abundant life. And he wants us to spend eternity with him. And yes, he puts out a, a general statement of good news to everyone. But as we talked about last week, he sends the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit gives us a personal invitation, speaks, speaks to us in a way that we understand that it's God's calling to us. God's invitation to us. That God wants to be with us. And he wants us to be with him. He's already got a room made up for us. So what he went to prepare. Revelation 3.20, here I am, I stand at the door and I knock. And I always like to add, he stands at the door of your life and he knocks. And he calls your name through the Holy Spirit. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Now to me, this is one of the best deals ever offered in our human world. Jesus pays for everything. We pay nothing. We don't have to go search for him. He is searching for us. He's going door to door. Person to person. And he knows where you live and how you live. And he knocks on your door and he calls your name. God searches us out. He makes the first move so that we can make the second move. We just accept it. We thank him. See, we didn't earn it, right? Ephesians 2, 8, 9, we didn't earn it. You didn't get this because you're smart and you worked hard. We have it because it's a free gift that Jesus Christ gives to each one of us of us he offers it to everyone we put a person down on the corner giving away thousand dollar bills you think anybody's going to turn away from that oh a few skeptical people will go up and you know get out a magnifying glass to see if it's counterfeit it's not counterfeit 
It's the real thing. In fact, it's the only real thing. Because it's not just about this life, it's about eternity. It's about God making promises to you and to me. And he is a trustworthy God. He makes good on all of his promises. And he invites us into relationship. What's our response? Go back to John 11. Do you believe this? Well, if you believe this, then there's two things you need to do. Number one, you need to just invite Jesus to be the leader of your life. I did it by raising my hand in a Bible study. You can do it just as you sit here today. Uh, as you sit in your living room or your family room online. See, there's a great promise in the Scriptures, John 3.16. God so loved the world and you and me that he sent his only son so that those who believe in him will not perish, won't go to hell, but will have what? everlasting life do you want to keep perishing or do you want to start living God gives you an option out of his love for you and so we just need to believe in him trust in him I don't know it all (laughs) by far in fact the more I read theology the more I know I don't know But I know this, God loves me, God called me, I took him up on his invitation, and he has a plan for me, a pathway for me to move in this world, and ultimately, I know where I'm going to end up, I'm going to end up in eternity, and it's not because I say that, it's because God says that. It's God's promise. It's God's declaration to us. So we have to personally invite him in, and then this gets us back to where we are. We've got to trust him every day. Trust in God. Trust also in me, Jesus says. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. That's how you know you're trusting him. We can have faith in the facts, but we don't know everything. we got to trust what we don't know. And yeah, it's a little bit of a sliding scale for each of us on how many facts we need to have and how trusting we are. But ultimately, we got to decide. We have to decide. God's already decided he's called you. He invites us into relationship. He says, you, you take me, take me on my promises and just see if I'm not a trustworthy God. Yeah, those people that are, that are going 
to heaven and back again. Oh, that's a great signpost for us, isn't it? But I think we also know that that inside of us we yearn for a connection with a God who loves us. A God who loves us enough to not leave us to our own devices, but moves us forward each and every day until we die and go to heaven and spend eternity with him. Here's a thought for you. I'll end on this. Don't forget you're stuck with me for all eternity. Let's pray. Lord, it's a great invitation. In fact, it's so good we, we sometimes doubt whether it's, it, it could, could it really be true? We know ourselves so well that, well, we know when we're unlovable too. Yet, you're a forgiving God. You knew our rebellious nature when you created us. Yet you did not let that stand in the way of declaring your love for us. Lord, we do want to receive your love each and every day. We do want to trust you more and more. Thank you for being that kind of God, an eternal God, and including us and your family. What good news! That is to hear. And we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.